Hey everybody, this is Kenny from Odzuki.com, and uh, we are doing another episode of Self Made. Uh, there's drones, there's dreamers, and there's doers. And it takes a big uh, leap of faith to go from being your general office drone uh, to becoming a dreamer. I mean, even taking that first step. And then once you become a dreamer, it's an even larger, even larger big step to take it to becoming a doer and actually making something, making something your own. So uh, today I'm joined by someone that I actually just started interacting with about a week ago, uh, really. Uh, not too much, uh, you know, not too... Uh, not too long ago, actually, um, because I was trying to get connected with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, what's cool about that is uh, the system that Gary uses is a website called Live Ninja to be able to uh, set up some of his one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations, which I think is really, really cool. It's a really amazing service, and I have the absolute privilege of um, interviewing today for you guys the well, one of the co-founders of LiveNinja.com, and that is Mr. Will Weinrob. Now, am I pronouncing your last name properly, first of all? Perfect, perfect. Awesome. Right on. Okay. All right. So uh, let's uh, go right into uh, introduction, sir. Uh, so when did uh, LiveNinja.com start? Well, uh, it's been a quick, a long journey. I mean, I started uh, prototyping the first version of Live Ninja. I would say in early 2011. Uh, that was, you know, with some help. You know, it was basically just me in, in my uh, my living room. Uh, outsourced some of the early development just to get an early working prototype in. So. I guess it was early 2011, and then I was uh, in another job at that time. I was uh, in sales and marketing, and I was just kind of doing this in my off hours, trying to prove the business model first and just starting slow and dedicating a few hours per week at it to make sure that there was something here. Um, and then as things started to pick up steam, I brought in uh, two of my co-founders, I'd say around the summer or early fall of 2011. And, and with them, then we started to do it like, uh, you know, moonlighting at my dining room table, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, we all had other full-time jobs. And, uh, and then finally it started to pick up steam, I would say January, February of 2012. Uh, we started to have, uh, you know, a, a few thousand users using our early beta version of the site and started to generate a little bit of revenue. Then we started getting some uh, media interest from uh, some online publications. And then after that came some investor interest, and and all of a sudden, you know, just you know, a few things, you know, started heading in the right direction, and we we thought, oh wow, there's something here, you know, let's uh, you know, let's go for it, let's really you know try to make this thing happen and and, and put the pedal to the metal on it. So, uh, in about August of 2012, we raised the seed round of angel capital. Uh, my two co-founders were able to quit their job, and uh, we were able to go at this full time, and we were able to launch the version that you see now, the fully fleshed out working version that we can be really proud of in December of 2012. So we've only been live publicly for about four months now. And up until then, from early 2011 until late 2012 was this like kind of like, you know, fact-finding journey, trial and error um, phase of the company. And uh, it brings us to this point. That's uh, really, I mean, in the long and short of it, that's actually a real small timetable for a startup to actually see so much success. Uh, congratulations, first of all. I mean, that's crazy. Um, no problem. Now, uh, the question I have for you, uh, and I'm going to obviously have several, is, okay, so let's go right at the very beginning when you were working on this uh, by yourself and uh, doing it in your off hours. You had uh, another job doing, um, you said sales and marketing. 
Um, now, what actually? Where did the concept come from? Like, uh, like while you were sitting, did it just was it just like a poof, or something that you just saw a real big need for? Well, uh, I've been always like fascinated with how people use the internet to make money and start brands, and it's I started seeing the emergence of video chat. You know, it started off as a novelty feature back in even just 2007, 2008. You know, this was you know people that were just you know that that were really interested in the medium and the technology, and it was just starting to emerge. You had to buy the Logitech camera, you had to have broadband access, which you know very few people had at home. This was broadband access was at the time something that was uh, just in colleges and in offices. Um, so I was very interested in, in how people were going to use the real-time web to leverage their businesses. All of a sudden, the face-to-face interaction and and consulting uh, experiences that we get in the real world, whether it be teaching or or business uh, initiatives or consulting or freelancing, was now replicable online at a grander scale through video chat. Um, and I started noticing around 2010, 2011 time that you know people were starting to utilize the medium to grow their businesses online. Uh, it got to the point where a friend of mine came over to watch a basketball game, and he said, "Hey." You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the game with you, but I just need to give a quick 30-minute uh, guitar lesson via Skype. And I thought that was fantastic that he was doing that because he was reaching an audience, you know, across the country. Uh, you know, some a person that he would never have access to normally because he's not in the geographic location. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, he's taking classes and he's growing his business to a worldwide and national uh, uh, demographic. So I, I was very fascinated by that, and I asked him, how did he like it? And he said, oh, well, you know, getting on Skype is, uh, is fantastic, and video chatting is fantastic, but getting to that point is uh, a real pain. And I said, well, please elaborate. And he said, you know, uh, you know first got to start a website saying I teach guitar lessons for $30 a minute, and then i got to say, uh, okay, so for $30 a minute, it's $25. Bucks. Uh, no, I'm sorry, for $30. Uh, for, for 30 bucks, it's, uh, it, it's 30 minutes of a guitar lesson. Send me the money via PayPal. And what he found out was that nobody was really willing to do that. It was very tough to grow the business. It was very much akin like buying a used product on the internet before eBay came along and streamlined the process and kind of verified both sides of the transaction. Like before eBay, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't answer an ad and say, okay, I'll buy a computer from some guy uh, across the country because what if you get the computer, you already paid in advance. Um, and you're kind of SOL. So what eBay does is it verifies both sides of the market and the transaction, that the seller is verified and that the buyer is genuinely interested. So there was a need for this growing medium of people trying to use the uh, it, it used this medium of video chat to grow their businesses online and an integrated solution that combined the two. So for people like my friend that was using Skype, Skype is just a consumer video chat application. There's no payment processing. There's no calendaring. Uh, there's no profiles that you can really use and interact with uh, on a social level. So there was very much a need uh, for a product that tied everything together to use this medium of video chat and, and help people grow their businesses through it. So the more we did research, it wasn't just guitar uh, instructors uh, selling their services. It was uh, yoga instructors and lawyers and doctors and therapists. Um, and, and all different types of professions utilizing this new and exciting and accessible medium. We had finally got to the point around 2010, 2011 where video chat technology was ubiquitous enough that you were able to get to, uh, to a massive audience. It wasn't a novelty anymore. Uh, there was, a, uh, pr- uh, there was a, a almost a good amount of de- uh, te- device and hardware penetration throughout the market that allowed this uh, technology to become available to a, a wide audience. 
So we saw a need for it on both the seller and the buyer side, and we really just wanted to help people uh, grow their businesses online using this new and exciting medium. And it became this bigger goal now for the company that we see people utilizing this technology to actually do what they love for a living. And we really believe that you know, we live now in the most opportunistic time uh, in our existence to pursue your own brand, to pursue your passion online. It's never been cheaper to start a company. It's never been you know, cheaper to start a brand, or, and the barrier to access is pretty much zero. Uh, so you, with very little overhead and just a little bit of time, you can just say, look, with the skills, talent, and passion I already have, I can go out and start my own company. I don't have to be forced into you know, a corporate system or you know, forced into a job that I hate. Uh, finally, uh, we're able to create our own companies and our own uh, brands online very cheaply and very effectively and reach a global audience. And this wasn't possible just two, three years ago. So with Live Ninja, we want to empower people to say, look, with the skills and the talents that I already have, I shouldn't have to go out and beg people for a job. I should have the, the, the tools at my disposal to create a job. This is what I'm good at. This is the rate of like, charge. These are the hours that I'm available. And to create sustainable self-employment for yourself online with very little barrier to entry. See, this, uh, to me, it seems uh, very much so like the cornerstone of a new world, really. Um, I mean, the beautiful part about how you guys have everything set up, um, and this is my first time using Live Ninja, and I mean, I think it's uh, definitely uh, serendipitous that I'm actually doing the uh, interview with one of the co-founders of uh, said tool. But I mean, I remember going back, um, I mean, I started out uh, freelance web design probably about... Uh, about five or six years ago, um, pretty much I was kind of forced into self-employment. I was uh, doing IT for a mortgage company, and uh, at the time, I was living in Florida. They were talking about moving us to Georgia, um, and I had to do a, a three-way video conference, and we had, it, they, I was like, all right, well, uh, of course, I suggested using Skype again, and this was back in 2007, 2008-ish, right around then when we were started talking. And one guy was like, well, I don't have Skype and I don't really know how to use it all that much. I'm like, all right, well, and he's like, besides, I don't think we can do multiple people, you know, just just two people. So it got to the point to where he was like, okay, well, um, I, I had to go find a solution. And the solution I came up with, um, and nothing against this company or whatever, but um, the solution I had to come up with was a company called Uvu. Are you familiar with Uvu? Sure. Um, and back then, it was just kind of just like an IM uh, client with video f uh, function, and you could do you know three people uh, doing a video conference. The video was incredibly tiny. The it was pixelated. Um, I haven't revisited it since that time, but. Doing something like this, because I, I ended up having to do training sessions with different branches and things like that, and had to you know go through the long process of explaining to them how to use Uvu or Skype or whatever, and this seems like you guys definitely have fulfilled a need um, and have kind of jumped maybe three or four steps ahead of the market, in my opinion, um, which obviously leveraging uh, finding that goal uh, or finding that uh, item that you can turn into something that is profitable, uh, whether it's immediate or whether it's three years down the line, five years down the line. I mean, you, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, and I reference him a lot because uh, he's really big on the entrepreneurial tip right now as well. Um, and he always uses hockey references, uh, and he uh, references Gretzky and how you know he looks for where the puck is going to be, not where it's at currently. And I think that's where you guys' mindset was with this. So. Um, Moving on uh, to 
you're by yourself now. The guy that was giving the guitar lesson that came over to watch the basketball game, is that one of the co-founders? No, he's not. That's just a friend of mine. And it, it was just very, very interesting to me to see that type of, um, you know, just just that it, the, in the wild to see the fact that he needed something like that. I mean, it was just, again, like, like you said, very serendipitous. He came over to watch a game and he was trying to leverage, almost like shoehorn, a bunch of third-party tools together to create almost like this digital consultation tool, um, but it still wasn't meeting his needs. And the big problem was it wasn't making any of his potential clients feel secure at the end of the day to to do business in that fashion. Right. Um, and we just we just kind of saw that example over and over in different verticals and in different categories. We saw yoga instructors and lawyers and, and therapists and language learners and tutors. I mean, we saw so many different people try to leverage this medium to grow their business and to reach a, a wider audience, but they just didn't have the right tools uh, at their disposal. Again, they had to just stitch together a bunch of third-party services to make it work, and at the end of the day, that just wasn't good enough to, uh, to grow their businesses online. So uh, we were very mindful when we created this product that they would have everything that they needed at their disposal to grow their businesses to be successful, to properly market their brands and, and create a, uh, a place on the web where it's almost like a digital portal uh, for, their, for their business and they can you know, reach a, a global customer base and, and, and help you know, further market themselves and their brand. Right on. Um, okay, so now with your moving into, because this is something that is very, very important when it comes to uh, doing your own startup whenever you want, want to become self-made. Uh, you brought in partners, and uh, from the pictures that I've seen, it looks like you have two additional partners. Right, I have two co-founders, uh, Alfonso and Emilio, um, that uh, I've known uh, both for a little while. And uh, they started; they were, you know, basically like I told you before, at my dining room table, and we were just kind of working nights. I had already quit my job um, in financial services and sales and marketing mm -hmm. earlier that year, um, and I just saved up enough money so I can quit and start this company. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't in the same position. They had to uh, pursue their full-time jobs and do you know, the live ninja moonlighting on my dining room table you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays mm -hmm. from 7 to 10. So we made it work, and we were able to get to the point where finally the platform was good enough to generate sustainable revenue and income over a period of time that generated enough buzz both with the press and with investors that got us to the next level. Okay, so with your uh, with the co-founders that you have, um, and you said you knew them for a couple of years. Um, so, one thing that people are always uh, having to be leery of is people you can trust um, to start up. Um, is, I mean, we're talking large sums of money here, so uh, and potential for that. Um, and you don't want the opportunity for um, you know, like a not referring to you guys as a boy band, but like a to where one gets really popular, you know, one gets uh, their head in the clouds, the other one's really focused on the money, the other one's focused on the product, and you're not really on the same um, playing field, and that can cause a lot of issues. So with how you guys work, <coughs> pardon me. How did you end up uh, knowing that, all right, these are the people that I want to bring into the fold? Yeah, it's a great question and a very important question. And uh, Alfonso, I'll start with Alfonso. Alfonso, I have known since I was 13 years old uh, in, in middle school. And Alfonso was actually my very first business partner. When I was 13, I got started. Uh, I guess it was my first business, really. It was basically coding websites for 
fans of professional wrestlers. I was really into professional wrestling when I was a 13-year-old kid, uh, and uh, you know WCW and WWF, and this was right when the consumer uh, web was starting to take off, like AOL and CompuServe and Prodigy and and all that and all those online communities. And uh, I was hanging out in a chat room one day, and and basically, uh, you know, somebody asked in the chat room in this wrestling-based chat room. Um, can anybody develop a website for me for uh, my favorite wrestler? And I didn't know anything about coding, but I said, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> and he basically messaged me and said, sure, I'll pay you $100 to develop my website. So I basically bought an HTML book and learned how to develop websites uh, and uh, basically made like, you know, James's uh, WWF fan site. I went out and got a free. A web page on GeoCities or Tripod. GeoCities, yes. Yeah, you remember GeoCities? Yes. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so I got that, and it was the whole nine yards of like you know early, uh, you know mid early mid nineties websites. I mean, it had the scrolling marquee and the animated GIF flames and the rotating my guest e. Book. <laughs> yeah, sign my guest book, right? Uh, right on. The, the the counter at the bottom of the page. Oh, and, I, I still see those to this day. Right. Uh, download Netscape Navigator on the left side. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> oh man, you're bringing me back. Oh, you're so, bringing me back. Uh, so I did that for a while, and eventually, you know, after I got, I got, uh, I got that first client, I started going into to chat rooms in different uh, parts of AOL and, and, and Prodigy, and saying, "Anybody need a uh, a website or a fan site?" And eventually, it became not just wrestlers. I would create, you know, Carol's Britney Spears fan site, or like. Jimmy's M&M fan page and stuff like that. Nice. Just like, you know, having fun, you know, making sites. And then I was doing it for 100 bucks a pop. And this was before, like, PayPal or any, like, online payment transaction product was out there. So I would basically just give them my address, and they would send me 100 bucks at a time. And, and this is me as a 13-year-old kid. My mom would walk in through the door with stacks of $100 bills, and she would say, what the hell are you doing on the computer for 10 hours a day? And people are sending you money in the mail. So I have to, like, show her that it wasn't illegal. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was that I was I was okay at coding these very basic sites. I mean, they were right. super basic, and they just didn't look good at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went into uh, my seventh grade homeroom and I, I saw this kid drawing anime. You know, did Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and right stuff, and he was really talented. So uh, I basically said, "Hey, are you, you ever do web design?" And he said, "No, I didn't." And I basically introduced him to. Uh, some of uh, the tools that you can do to, you know, start uh, doing online and computer design, and mm -hmm. uh, he he basically, you know, joined me in doing those early endeavors where I would I would create the websites and he would just make them look pretty, and you know, he actually started his own business doing the same thing. So, kind of spurned that uh, that passion for him a little bit, and, so, and then you know, built we, an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, years passed, you know, high school and college, and uh, when I started uh, Live Ninja, I, I hit him up and I said, hey, Alfonso, are you doing web design by any chance? He goes, am I doing web design? Are you kidding me? I have a full-time uh, full job as a web designer. He had his like, uh, professional web design studio. He took clients from all over the world. So, right on. Uh, so uh, we met up and I, I showed him, you know, the early prototype of Live Ninja, and he was super excited about it. And and he joined up uh, right then and there. So I've known Alfonso for quite a bit of time. He actually jokes that he's like, Will, you you knew one day you were going to need me, so you seeded this talent in me at 13 because you knew a few years down the line that you're going to need me for something. Right. So so he jokes about, about that a little bit. Um, and Emilio, believe it or not, I actually met at my wedding. 
Okay. Um, when I was in financial services, my wife would come one day a week and help me with filing, you know, filing cabinets and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, she's really organized, so she would help me at the office. And uh, we hired a receptionist, and uh, my wife and I, at the time, she was my fiance, and we were planning our wedding. And it just so happens the receptionist that we hired was planning her wedding as well. And there's two girls surrounded by a common interest, uh, so frequently do they bonded and just you know talked about wedding stuff and and uh, and, uh, and dresses and, and, and planning the wedding and mm -hmm. and they would just hang out all day together. And then eventually she told me she's like, oh, you know, I'd really like to invite Denise and her husband to our wedding. And eventually, uh, you know, I see some guy at my wedding at the bar. I introduce myself and. It turns out to be Emilio, and this is, you know, Denise's husband, the receptionist's husband. And we got to talking, and I said, what do you do for a living? And he said he has a website that is surrounded around the, uh, the live video streaming space. And, uh, you know, talks evolved from there. And as I said, let's meet up for coffee. And he was kind of doing it on the side, but a little bit burnt out because he was the CEO, chief everything officer, coding <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, marketing and raising mm -hmm. money. And it was just, he was getting a little burnt out, so... Uh, we just decided to partner up, so around that time, the three of us just banded together and just went full force. So with Alfonso, I knew that I could trust him based on the fact that I've known him since I was, you know, a kid. Right. And Emilio, you know, I, I, I sat down with him multiple times over a course of two months since since I met him, and really, you know, got a feel for who he was as a person, his values, which is very very important. His his long-term view, you know, where he wanted to be in three to five years, and and at the end of the day, you know, with Emilio, you know, we just decided to uh, you know take a leap of faith and right. move forward together. Um, so it was very much a balance. Right on. Okay, so uh, now you guys have formed the partnership. You have the prototype. You guys have been working, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays to get uh, things taken care of. Uh, we know how that goes whenever it comes to doing your own startups. Um, it, it's, I mean, even with uh, Odzuki.com, uh, you know, pretty much it's just my wife and I, you know, and, you know, we do web design on the side uh, as well. So uh, actually that's pretty much our primary thing that we do. And then this is our side project, which we're kind of hoping that does a nice little shift there. But uh, with that, it was, uh, again, uh, probably like uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights um, before I would go do my nightly show, we would sit there and code and work on the site, put everything together. So I totally know how all that puts together. Now, um, the big question that most people have uh, whenever they're doing uh, a startup is, let's talk money for a second. Um, you guys uh, went and you, know, you said, well, actually, before we even hit the money, uh, this is something that's very, very important, especially for people that are doing uh, web-based membership based uh, anything where there's going to be other users other than yourself that need to get in with an account your beta testing phase uh, a lot of people drop the ball on this uh, section and I think that's something that's really really important and something that kind of and I don't know if this is uh, typical maybe you can uh, help me out with this you said that before you guys even got to the point to where it's in its current incarnation now you had uh, a thousand users or, or more yeah we did I mean we just we built, first of all, we started and we built a product that we would, we, the three of us would enjoy using personally. And it started off as that. And, and then we built a lot of hypothesis around those, uh, those parameters and, and inside of that product. So we took a lot of guesses and had a lot of theories about how people would use this product and leverage it. And then the only way to test those and validate those is to let people use it and have, you know, be really, really open and transparent to honest feedback. 
Um, so the way I started, we de we developed the early prototype, and then as soon as it was ready, and like, I mean, really, as soon as like we, we call it an MVP, a minimum viable product. As soon as we hit that point where the minimum viable product, we were confident enough that it would work. At least basically, the video chat would work, and and some of the booking. We just invited. First of all, we invited everybody we knew, and then uh, we went out and hand marketed. I mean, literally, I would type in guitar lessons via Skype and get all the people that were offering that and like literally email them like I know that model's broken, you know, we created the product with you in mind. I would really like it if you could test it out. Right. And literally we got our first thousand users just by emailing people individually. Oh, that's brilliant. Asking them to use use the product. And I mean it's it really was as simple as as that, like really like dedicating the time and sending out a lot of emails and making a lot of phone calls. Um, and, and really just getting it out there and not being, uh, not being afraid of rejection and not being afraid of people tearing apart your product because they're going to do that. They're going to find holes in it. They're going to rip it apart. Um, so you really have to welcome that and, and, and embrace it if you want to you know, refine and grow and, and scale up the product and improve every single day. So that's how we started the beta, the beta phase. Having a thick skin is uh, definitely one of the biggest things you have to do whenever you're putting yourself out there. Um, whether and right now in the social realm, you know that we live in a world of upvotes and thumbs up, and you know, luckily Facebook hasn't thrown out the dislike, dislike button because uh, people would lose their minds and it would send. Uh, yes, YouTube definitely has it. Um, uh, I think that uh, with. So many people on Facebook right now, I think if they were to incorporate the dislike button, you would see uh, suicide levels go up um, from people just like, no one likes my status. They actually hate it. Um, so, uh, but w with the uh, beta phase, and um, now I'm sure I can go to like archive.org to see what Live Ninja looked like before uh, its current incarnation, which um, that's a brilliant. I absolutely love that place. I could live there. Um, with the beta phase, uh, did you guys um, have other coders that were looking at it with you uh, that were like checking out like the um, like the I wouldn't say complaints, but like the uh, error messages that they would get or things like that? So that uh, I know for me personally, whenever I have a pet project, if I put it out there for people to test. And I start getting, you know, the, all right, well, this isn't working. This is broken. I'm up at like 2.30 in the morning saying, oh, I've got to fix that. Oh, I gotta fix that. Um, I mean, now was it more than just uh, you three that were working on that, or was it? Uh, did you have like a, a, another team of outsourced? Uh, no. Well, uh, it was primarily the three of us at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, we did bring in, you know, some friends and outsourced with some contractual, uh, you know, coders that came in and and helped us with very specific tasks. Um, and and then you know the best way that we found holes in our product was just letting people use it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we had potential investors that you know would would ask us for you know login credentials and they would use it and then nothing would work and then we'd get this like long detailed email of all the feedback of all the problems that would happen. And, right. And, and then you know we thought we're like oh well that investment's out the window. <laughs> but as, as a matter of fact, that one of you know, that investor ended up. Did end up investing in the company, so um, uh, it, it was just like letting people use the product, right. and, like really, really asking for feedback, mm -hmm. and like every single person that that used the product normally because because people are nice by nature, at least most people. They're kind of like you know they kind of want to give you a pat on the back, like yeah, I love this product, yeah, I totally would use it. I could see a big opportunity here, but. A lot of times they're just they want to be nice, and you really have to open the door and kind of nudge them a little bit for, 
negative feedback. Right. And every time someone gave me good feedback, I'd say, thank you so much, I really appreciate that, but what would you change about it? What was one thing that you hated about the experience? Like, really let me know, because that's how I'll grow and build a better product. Right. So every time I received good feedback, I actually countered and said, I really appreciate the good feedback, but is there anything negative that you experienced? And when you open the door, then people are like, all right, well, I'll let them have it. And, and mm -hmm. that was what we needed at that time. See, I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss out on yeah. is uh, asking for what's negative so that you right. can't fix it. And uh, that's also a uh, good sign of good customer service, in my opinion, because you want to know what is, you know, what is wrong and how you can fix it, how you can, uh, you know, take the thing to where they're, you know, at the closest to 100% satisfied as they possibly can be, um, which I think is, you know, a really good uh, way of finding that out. Don't always just look for all the good, you know, because, I mean, yeah, the good is like heaping piles of praise, patting on the back. Yay, I'm good. I'm happy. But then when you get to those people that are like, well, actually, you know what? This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Um, that's when it almost feels like a crushing blow, you know? So if you can get uh, all those little nitpicks, the little critiques, and you start seeing uh, which ones are actually uh, the most brought up or the ones, you know, stuff, stuff that's, I mean, you're gonna get the people that are be like, well, I don't like the, the shade of green you used in the live logo. That's terrible, you know? And it's just like, okay. I mean, that's not, that's, those are stuff that you can just ignore. Um, but uh, when it comes to functionality, those are the things that you do need to uh, pay attention to. Okay, so uh, now that we've covered all that, let's go ahead into what I was speaking about earlier, the money aspect of it. Um, you uh, went through a, I mean, I know at the, very, at the onset, you were pretty much the primary putting everything into it. Um, and then once you got to the phase of, all right, the beta's done, now we need to look for angel investors. Um, and of course, not looking for any, like, too much detail, but... Uh, what is the time? What was the time frame and the avenues that you took looking for those investors? Um, uh, I mean, like where, for uh, someone that's starting out, where where did you start? Okay, well, uh, I guess the first thing to raise money, in, unless uh, you really have a verified and valid product. So a lot of people go and try to raise money pre-product. Like I have an idea on a, on a napkin. And they go out and they try to uh, to raise capital, and that's not the right way to go about it. You you really should go out and raise money. Really, first of all, when you have a, a product or a working prototype, and then there's some traction behind it, a lot of bad things can happen if you don't wait to those points. You can be aligned with the wrong investors. You'll have a lower valuation because you're not further along. So you want to obviously have the highest valuation when you raise money, as to not dilute yourself uh, when you do raise money. Um, and then really you want to make sure that this business is scalable. I mean, if you're going to be taking other people's cash, you really have to have confidence that this business is going to grow uh, exponentially over a specific amount of time. Uh, so we waited until we knew and we were confident that that business could scale. And it wasn't until the point where we're like, wow, there is a nice amount of users and these are just people that invited and told their friends and we didn't do any marketing and it's generating revenue. So you know you kind of put the math together and say if we got X number of users uh, and the revenue that we're seeing now with this base of users, you kind of can have a good hypothesis to go out and pitch investors. And really you you kind of you always want to make it seem that you know you don't really need investor money. And the truth is you really don't. A lot of people can bootstrap it if they really want to, mm -hmm. um, but you have to go out and raise money for the right reasons, and then you really have to be aligned with the right people. Uh, you don't, for example, you, you don't want to take money 
from somebody who's made their 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 living in real estate and is you know flush with cash uh, from that market because those type of people they make investments and they want to see a, a liquid return in four months and they want to see a profit. If you take money from that kind of investor, they're going to put you in uh, a lot of pressure on you in four to six months and they're going to uh, shift the values of the business and, and look for short-term gain and they're going to you know obviously skew that relationship. So it's very right. very important that you select your investors wisely. And that's something that we went out like in the outset. We really, really like stressed. Like we were very selective with our investors, and I told our investors outright, like they did due diligence on us, but we did double due diligence on them. And right. We really wanted to make sure that we worked with the people that really we felt could help and add value. And I think a mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make is they just they want to take the first money that you know is offered to them and. I mean, it's tough. It's tough when sometimes you know somebody wants to write you a check for a hundred thousand dollars. It's tough to, to turn that away, but you got to make those gut calls because really, you're you're getting in bed with that person for a long time if if you take that money. And are they aligned with your long-term goals of the company? Right. Uh, a lot of times, businesses and 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 and, and websites and, and internet companies they take three to five years, even seven years, to to get to a point where they're valuable enough to. To create a sustainable business or to have a, an exit strategy, and if you're not aligning yourself with investors that are expectant of that time frame, you're gonna you're asking for a lot of trouble and you're opening the door for issues. So, on the outset, we made sure to align ourselves with the right people, and we went just to local meetups, local tech meetups. Uh, you know, there are different accelerators here in Miami that we just hung around with and you know tried to network as best as possible. And when we met with those first few investors, we just we never said, hey, we're looking for money. We just were trying to build relationships and ask for feedback. Say, look, we're not raising money. We built this product. What do you think of it? Is this something you'd be interested in? If we gain a certain amount of traction in the next three months, maybe we can come back to you and talk about investment. Right. When you phrase it like that, you know, it's really tough to shut the door on you. Uh, so that's what we did. You know, we never went out to raise money. We just went to build relationships. And during those next three months, we were able to show significant traction on the product and on the customer acquisition side that we were able to get the first couple investors. And when you're raising money, it's very much a sheep herding uh, kind of strategy. The, when you get the first two, you'll start to notice that the next few investors are falling in line because investors validate deals within their own inner circles. Mm -hmm. So once you start getting the first you know, few checks in, it becomes very. It becomes much easier for you to raise the, the rest of the round. It's that first one or two commitments that are very, very hard. So that was the strategy that we took going out. It wasn't never, hey, let's go raise money. It was very much a. We had a plan, a six-month plan on how we were going to go about it, and we never wanted money from the outset. It was more like we wanted direct feedback from people that were familiar with investing in our space, and then really going back out there when we had some traction. See, I think uh, you had touched on this a few minutes ago. Um, I think one of the biggest problems with uh, new entrepreneurs is uh, is getting that startup capital. Long gone are the days, in my opinion, um, are, uh, okay, I'm starting a business. I have to go get a small business loan. I mean, right. th th it's not. that's just not how it goes anymore. Um, we are in a different time and age where we can say, all right, well, like, again, for instance, just using – our project uh, with Azuki.com, um, this was, uh, all right, I have hosting. I have the audio equipment on my laptop. I have a right. webcam built into my laptop. Uh, I, you know, I'll get a mixer, get a couple of microphones, 
and I can just go. You know, I mean, uh, with services like this, using uh, Google Hangout on air to you know get like a live group session to where people can other people can join in and interact. Um, I mean, just doing all these different things. Uh, We are now in a time where if you do want to build up a catalog of content. If you want to build up a, uh, you know, the ability to showcase a product, you can without having to, like you said, going out automatically thinking money, 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 money. I think the biggest thing that, uh, and I uh, would love your opinion on this, is at the onset, you're more so need to be worried about the time equity that you're that you're putting in. You know, that you're going to be dedicated to your own personal product um, because if you don't have that, then uh, I mean, you're destined to fail right out the gate. Um, Absolutely. Now, how much time? Uh, I mean, uh, from uh, start uh, with with the little uh, with the Skype guitar meeting uh, to yeah. where uh, you guys are pretty much getting your uh, you know signing on the dotted line for your office space. Uh, what is uh, the timetable for that? If you uh, if you can uh, kind of put a little like start pin and uh, end pin there. Okay, so January. 2011 uh-huh. to August 2012. Okay, so uh, about a, a good year and a half uh, time yeah. to get from there, uh, point A to point B. Um, which, again, uh, disclaimer put out there for any entrepreneur that's listening to this episode of uh, Self Made. That's not always going to be typical. So don't build base your business plan around, okay, in a year and a half, I'll have my office space. Um, I, I mean, especially if you don't even have a concept yet. Uh, right. You have to make sure that things are put properly into place to get from point A to point B and then point C. So looking to the future now for Live Ninja, um, I know that you have uh, people like uh, Gary, Gary uh, using your service, um, which uh, did, was that something that you reached out to Gary Vaynerchuk uh, for you doing his once a day thing? Or was that something where he kind of floated around and was like, hey, look guys, this is what I want to do? Yeah, well, uh, I follow Gary on Twitter, I'm a big fan of his. And, uh, you know, just I noticed that he was doing this one question a day thing. And I thought that was a fantastic initiative on his part. Um, and I just saw, I noticed when he was doing it, he was basically saying, like, okay, I'm available for the next 15 minutes. You know, everybody, you know, at me your cell phone number and your website. Um, so while I really love the initiative, I thought that there was a better way for him to organize these, uh, these appointments. Mm-hmm. And if he was going to do them every single day, he'd quickly become inundated if he kept doing it in the way he was doing it. So I just, you know, I just emailed him and I said, hey, Gary, you know, big fan of yours. I love what you're doing with the one question a day thing. You know, and I have this, this product called Live Ninja where, you know, it's video chat plus scheduling and I think it would be really, really interesting for you to use uh, with, your, with, your one, uh, with your one interview a day uh, initiative. And, and he's like, yeah, you know, he put me in touch with his, with assist, with his assistant and, you know, we just started building uh, his profile on the platform and testing it out to see if it was a fit, and and they really liked it. So uh, I know. Forward to use it. So yeah, I just just emailed him, and uh, he was really receptive. Really nice guy. So when you start getting yourself lined up with these type of people, these high high profile people, and I, and I saw a tweet from you earlier today. I think it was earlier today, to where uh, you saw that um, was it CNN that had mentioned you guys, or uh, who was it that mentioned Think. you guys? Think magazine. Oh, uh, dude, see. 
that's that right there for any entrepreneur uh, that's ever picked up Fast Company or Inc. or anything like that, and you're flipping through, and all of a sudden you see your logo there. I mean, that's just like that's like you're flipping the magazine, like. <laughs> it's like what? What in the world? Um, uh, now, was that? Some, uh, I would assume they didn't contact you to let you know that they were actually going to run something on it. No, no, we uh, we actually we talked with one of the reporters for me. Okay. Um, we just really didn't know when it was going to be published, and we didn't even know if it was going to be really at the end of the day if it was going to be web only or print only or or what. I mean, we just we picked up a copy, you know, hoping it would be in that issue, and we thought. You know, maybe it'd be an April issue, maybe in the May issue or the June issue. We never even knew if it'd be in the print or if it would be on the web. Right. Um, so we really, and, and at the end of the day, we didn't even know if it would be published. We just knew that, you know, we talked with one of their reporters and, and he was using the product and we really, you know, uh, we were a big fan of that publication. So we were hoping, you know, at the end of the day, they'd mention us somewhere and, and it was just great. We were just, you know, at the, the newsstand, uh, Alfonso and I were coming back from TechCrunch Disrupt uh, a couple days ago in New York. and. We were uh, just in the uh, in the airport. And we we're like, okay, let's let's hope, let's pick up the uh, you know the magazine. Let's see if right. maybe we're in there somewhere. And we're just browsing through, and then you know, boom, we we saw it, and, and we just grabbed as many copies as we could. <laughs> the lady at the cashier thought we were crazy. Like she's like, why are you buying so many copies? And we're like, we're in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, you're getting copies to send to friends, family, uh, whatnot. I mean, well, well, I'm very happy because now, because you know, my mom, she's you know. Much older, and, and every time like we're, we're in TechCrunch or Next Web, like I email her, and she doesn't even know how to check it. But now, actually, show her something that's in print. Now right. She actually, believe that I'm doing something. <laughs> it's like all this she digital stuff something. doesn't matter. That's the matrix. Um, exactly. Okay, so uh, wrapping up here, um, and you know, we already uh, you know touched on uh, looking to the future. Uh, let's go really quick into the advice portion of this uh when you um because uh one thing that i have noticed again being that i uh, follow you on twitter um your you personally handle a lot of your customer service for live ninja i mean i hadn't even talked to you i hadn't even tweeted to you and i was asking uh gary and his assistant about you know because uh, we've been going back and forth via email and via twitter about you know getting things set up to do the interview with him as well and uh, I was like, I think there might be. I was like, I'm looking on your uh, Live Ninja thing, and it's there's no available dates. I was like, I don't know if because you told me to go there. So and, and then you pop, piped in. You're like, look, nah, there's no glitch. He's booked. And I was like, no. <laughs> but luckily, it looks like uh, something is clearing up for next week, so we'll be able to do it anyway. Um, but customer service is a big portion of that, um, or is 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 paramount in this day and age because. I mean, you can effectively bring a company to its knees via Twitter. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there I've seen uh, something as big as Bank of America, uh, you know, pretty much bow down to just an individual user that had like less than 300 followers. But because they piped it out there, they don't want anything like that happening. Um, so, I mean, that is, uh, I think you guys do great, great customer service with Live Ninja. Um, everyone listening to this, you have to make sure that you have your customer service component intact, whether it's you doing it personally or you hire someone that's personable to do it for you. Um, so with the advice portion of this, um, for any budding uh, web entrepreneur, if you will, um, being that that seems to be the sector that you guys are focused in right now, uh, nothing obviously nothing in print or whatever until we get you know little uh, digital paper that could do video chatting through it. Um, 
what would you say to them or say to the people listening about uh, just getting things off the ground and uh, the follow through? Mm-hmm. Um, well, for, first thing about customer service that you mentioned before, yes, it's extremely important. And I think there was, uh, if you're familiar with a company called Buffer, one of the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the co-founders of, a, of Buffer just had an article, a great inter- interview, I think it was with Forbes or, or Inc., and uh, he had a great quote that says that uh, he believes that customer service is the new marketing department. And I really, really resonate with that. I mean, if you can provide great customer service, I mean, that is extremely powerful on a word of mouth, uh, you know, to, to, to get new people onto the service. Because if, if you provide great customer service, then other people are going to tell other people about that. And, and, and that really is what, you know, matters at the end of the day. I mean, look at with Zappos. I mean, every single person that mentions Zappos, I've never heard of anybody say a bad thing about them because they just excel at customer service. Right. And really, that becomes their marketing. The customers become their marketers because they're just so thrilled with the level of attention to the detail uh, that they give their customers. So I, I, I fully resonate with that. Um, so with being started in the follow-through, I think I, I, the most important thing, at least quality, that I think that an entrepreneur can have is, is an iron stomach in a sense that mm. the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur are crazy. And you can be on top of the world Monday and everything can go right and you're going to change the world. And then on Tuesday, you can everything can, can look like crap. And on Wednesday, it can be back to normal again. And on Thursday, you look everything looks like it's going down the tank. And then on <laughs> Friday, it can be back to normal. So like you really have to be able to... Uh, roll with the punches, have really thick skin, and just mm-hmm. be able to handle those ups and downs because literally you control your destiny at the end of the day. It's not like you're in a huge company where, you know, you're you know one of your your employee seventy nine out of three hundred, and and your impact during the day, uh, you know, doesn't matter much. I mean, when you're in a startup, you control your destiny each minute that you spend working, and, right. and that's a lot of responsibility. And you know, not a lot of people can handle that. You have to be a specific type of person. And have a specific type of mentality going in, um, and and just know that there are going to be days that are awesome, and there are going to be days that suck. And to be able to persevere through the days that suck, um, and just keep you know keep 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 rolling with the punches. I think that's the most important thing because too many entrepreneurs get discouraged because it's extremely difficult in the beginning, like really really difficult. I mean, you're going to get a lot of rejection if you're trying to raise money. Be prepared to hear uh, at least 50 no's for every yes. You have to have that type of mentality going in. Um, you have to, you know, be receptive to bad feedback. You have to be receptive, especially if you're a technical company, for glitches and bugs happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to roll with the punches and just know that this is par for the course. And you have to have that mentality at all times. And okay. I think that's the most important thing for an entrepreneur: just have have that thick that thick skin and an iron stomach. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that is uh, wise, wise, wise words um, because you have so many people that will go into this and and that's actually part of the reason why I started this show. Uh, I One of the other businesses that I run uh, is a local um, website for the local community, uh, pretty much just uh, showcasing local business, different events, things like that. Um, and I've seen in the five years that I've done it, businesses uh, start, I've seen them come and go. Ones that have amazing, amazing ideas. And the next thing I know, I see something pop up, they'll shoot me a message. Well, we're closing our doors in a month. Sorry, things just didn't work out. And and it it blows my mind um, how quickly 
uh, people will get up and they'll be going like full steam ahead and then it just peter, peters out. So um, absolutely, you're right. You have to have a thick skin. You have to have uh, a plan in place. Um, you have to uh, plot perfectly um, to the at least as close to perfect as possible to make sure that you're taking the right steps. Uh, business, I mean, granted, again, like we've said uh, many times in this uh, episode, doing, uh, you know, creating a startup doesn't cost that much capital anymore. It, it really, really doesn't. But still, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is still a very, very much uh, so big deal. So again, uh, Will, I really thank you for your time, um, uh, you know, and being able to do this. I personally uh, am going to, uh, once we're done with the recording portion of this, I'm going to be talking to you about actually using this service for uh, other people that are, you know, outside of my local area. Because I have about maybe four or five people locally that I'm going to be working with. Uh, but I know that, uh, you know, Gary and, you know, there's, uh, there's a guy who does uh, photography that we're going to be uh, interviewing. I think this would be a perfect way to be able to connect with them. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, all the best continued success with Live Ninja. I will definitely be following this uh, as close as possible. And, I mean, not like it's any stretch of the imagination, being that you guys uh, were talking about a website, LiveNinja.com. But do you have any other uh, social links or uh, th any plugs that you would like to put out there uh, in the ether? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can get to us at LiveNinja.com. If you or uh, any of your viewers you know, need anything, feel free to reach out to me directly, Will, at LiveNinja.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LiveNinja.com and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash LiveNinja.com spelled out, D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, and also offer uh, you know, all of your viewers, if they'd like to get started on Live Ninja, just to uh, book a session with me, LiveNinja.com slash Will. And very much just like this, I'll, I'll be happy to walk them through the platform and, 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 and help set up their profile and make sure that uh, you know, they, they know how to utilize the platform and give them a personal tour just to... Uh, you know, tell them to, to mention the name of your show when they're booking a session and right on. Uh, make sure to prioritize that and give them a, a dedicated tour of the platform. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I, I really do. I, I can tell you right now, there's going to be uh, a few here in the local Augusta area that will probably, uh, I'll, you know, I'm going to tell them about this uh, episode. They're going to be like, wait, hmm? You know, so we'll uh, make sure that they listen to it and uh, get in contact with you guys, follow you on Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, again, everyone, thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of Self Made. Again, this is Will uh, Weinrob with LiveNinja.com, an absolute awesome, awesome business. Uh, hopefully you guys learned a lot uh, from the discussion today. And if you have any questions, again, you can email him at uh, will at liveninja.com uh, if you would like to ask me a question to ask him through proxy. Not sure why you would do that, but you never know. You always got to give everyone that, those options. Um, you can email me at oddzuki at gmail.com. And again, I'm Kenny from oddzuki.com and joined by Will from liveninja.com. We will talk to you guys on Self Made next time.